This episode is brought to you by Mountain Dew. There are times when you're looking for something to drink and you know that only one drink will do. Mountain Dew. The next time you want a truly refreshing break, you deserve more than to just be satisfied. You deserve to be totally blown away, which is what you'll get from Mountain Dew. If we can just get him to the end of the first dungeon, that yeah. usually draws people in. Cause yeah, it's, yeah. It, I guess it's just really satisfying to see the evil PE teacher get brought down. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is just a tough, especially breaking it up into those little two-hour chunks. Like, it was tough. Uh, the first couple streams, I know he wasn't super digging it. But yeah, by the end of that eight-hour stream, yeah, again, maybe if, maybe it was like he was held by gunpoint, but but I think he was liking it. Just got to stick with it. Hello, mm-hmm. everyone. I think we're live. We're live and discussing Nick's Persona 5 experiences. Because yeah, he's a true believer now. We've been conspiring to uh, <laughs> draw, draw people into our little weeby world. Yeah. And who would have thought that that's like the that's the final gift that uh, 2021 had for us was to turn Nick full weeb. So it was the best Christmas present Nick could have given us. He even I forced him to ask to answer who would be his waifu at that point, and he said on. So there you go. Oh, that's the uh, just the only waifu available at that point. <laughs> hey, he was uh, experimented on by the doctor a few times. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> Oh, and Nick uh, tells us he picked up Shin Megami Tensei yesterday too. Uh, what oh. is happening, Nick? Uh, he might be being <laughs> he might be being facetious. No, I think he did. I think he mentioned he saw when we were playing it. Uh, he mentioned that. I mean, you said that it's all battle and no filler, yeah. and that's I think kind of what he wanted. So, okay. Well, hope you wouldn't be too disappointed by the sudden absence of super nice girlies, Nick. No, no, plenty of monsters that look like penises, though. So, oh yes. Yeah, you're Mon- in for a treat. Monsters that out. have penises, monsters that look yeah. like penises, the whole <laughs> uh, shebang. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Slightly Something Else, and it's the last Slightly Something Else of the year, with me at least. There might be one next week with uh, yeah. you, you and Jack, right? I think, yeah, Jack and I, we'll, we'll figure out, we're probably going to do something, unless Jack's power is still out. And at that point, if Jack's power is out for several weeks, like, that shouldn't be yeah, legal. Yeah, that's like, the you, point you where should... you usually start cannibalizing each other. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm joined by Marty Sleever. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, this, is, this has been so fun being able to do this with you every other week uh, for the last couple months. And yeah, excited to, to go on in 2022 with it. Yes. Well, on that note, this week we're talking <laughs> about, we're looking ahead to the years that will be, to the game that will, that will be coming in the upcoming year 2022 and seeing mm-hmm. if there's anything to get excited about. Yeah, it feels like, uh, I mean, obviously you'll, you'll have your, your, best and worst list but uh, it feels like everyone kind of agrees this year was uh, a little bit of a slower year it was and, a, again understandable it was, yes. but well that might be an understatement it was yeah. a right pisser and no mistake but um that's probably because everything got like delayed to next year so next uh-huh. year is looking slightly more promising yeah that's the funny thing is a lot of the games we're going to be talking about today are the games that if we would have done this exact show one year ago, we'd have been like, these are going to be the biggest games of 2021. And now these will be the biggest games of 2022. And All I'm right. sure these, uh, some of these also probably won't come out until 2023. So, I'm just, uh, I've brought out my list of uh, 2022 in video games on Wikipedia. Okay. I'm just going, wanna, I'm just going down you... the list by date. I okay. mean, a lot, of games, a lot of games that are penciled in for the next year don't really have a date. Mm-hmm. 
But I would say the first thing that jumps out at me uh, that's the first big release of 2022 would probably be Dying Light 2. Yeah. Dying Light 2. Well, you're you're forgetting one big thing in January. Well, I think what will be one big thing in January, and that's the open world Pokemon game that's coming out. Oh. See, I, lo- I saw that, and then my eyes just sort of <laughs> drifted straight off of it again. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's the, the that Pokemon Legends Arceus. That's the big like it's going to feudal Japan. It's like a origin story for for Pokemon, which I don't know if that's something that anyone has wanted. But um, yeah, that is also a game that uh, Nick and I were talking. We both think it's possible it will be delayed at some point in the next few weeks. Well, it seems like we haven't seen a lot of it. People always want more Pokemon. They do. Apparently. They love having they love having monsters in their pockets. But uh, yeah, just a week a week after that is Dying Light Two, like you mentioned. Wasn't the last one set in Scotland, isn't it? The last uh, sh- yeah, Sword and Shield was uh, yeah. I think like each one is almost modeled after like a different place, and yeah, it was Scotland. It had sort of like a Stonehenge thing, and yeah. Well, Stonehenge isn't in Scotland, but okay. Uh, well, shit. <laughs> Look at that. Almost as far away as you can get from Scotland without leaving the British Isles. That can't be all okay without leaving the British house. Okay. I thought you were going to be like as far away globally. And I was like, no. oh, that was close ish no, to a dumb American. No, Stonehenge is like all the way down south. Oh, shit. Um, what am I doing? I was just getting the uh, super chats open. Just to remind everyone, we will be reading the super chats out from the halfway point of the podcast. So I don't think yeah. we're ignoring them. Just get them in no. when you can. Yeah, anything yeah. you want us to answer, anything you want us to say out loud, get it all in. We will do yeah. it all. We are whores. Let us know what big games you're you're excited for, because there's uh, inevitably we will miss some of the big ones talking about this. Mm. So yes, but, I, uh, yeah, Dying Light, Dying Light Two is yes. uh, February fourth, and that's uh, they've they've already been hands on preview. Like we've had a hands on preview go up on the site. Um, mm. what, what did you think of the original one? Like when what came out? What five years ago or four years ago? Well, I guess. Um... When I played Dying Light, my eventual conclusion was, oh, that felt like Dead Island, but better. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's about, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still, I still didn't really, I don't really like parkour in a first-person perspective. So I think there's a certain principles you have to apply in a first-person perspective that uh, is uh, kind of lost in platforming. How do you think, do you think Mirror's Edge handled it well? I mean, that's always like the sort of go-to. Yeah. See, yeah. The, the, the difficulty, in, in certain ways it can work, but I think if you have any sort of platforming that depends on accurately landing on something, the third-person mm-hmm. perspective does it bad because you can't see your feet. Yeah. You always like instinctively skip back or skip forward and then fall off. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, it would be like if in a third-person platformer, if the camera was too close to your character... You could, you didn't have like a yeah sort of ample way of of looking at your surroundings. So yeah, and it's hard I to know hard to know when to press the jump button because you're not sure at what point your feet are on the edge of the platform. Yeah, it kind of has to give you that like uh, wily coyote, like a little bit of like yeah. uh, leeway if you run off a platform, which a lot of two D platformers also do for you. But the first person perspective is focused on the sort of games that's focused on uh, what the player's aiming at. So if the mm-hmm. parkour gameplay focuses on, you know, just projecting yourself like you're a bullet, then the first-person perspective can work. I think Portal did it rather well when you were, like, firing yourself out of portals to land on things. Yeah, that was when, like, like Chell almost felt like a bullet, like you yeah. said. Like, she, she was less a, a character and more like a thing being tossed through all these different rooms. 
But as for Dying Light 2, I actually saw that at E3, the last E3 I was at. Okay. They, they had a hands-off demo. Mm -hmm. So we were watching someone playing it, but it looked incredibly scripted. Yeah. As these hands-off demos often do. Yeah, especially that far in advance. I mean, yeah. if that, that was E3 2018 or 2019, probably, before yeah. the pandemic. And, yeah. the, and the person playing it was showing off, like, all the fancy parkour you can do over the open world through ruined buildings and shit. And mm -hmm. I just kept thinking, I wonder how this would play with someone who wasn't following a script they'd been following, like, 90 times today alone. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, the, judging from the recent hands-on, it seems like it's it's another, uh, you, you know, I guess victim or imitator of the Ubisoftification of open-world games. Right. There are, uh, like, windmills or radio towers around the city, and when you climb to the top of each one, it, it unlocks the surrounding area and all the different bubbles and things you can do. And It feels like that's making a comeback. They were trying to get away from, like, radio tower-focused open-world design, but... Halo Infinite yeah. has that sort of. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this is going to have more. So I guess, it's, you know, it's the ebb and flow. Yeah. The one. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, yeah, this game will live and die on, no pun intended, on, on literally how like the second to second gameplay feels. I, so. think, I think so. The one yeah. gimmick they were really uh, emphasizing on the demo I saw mm -hmm. was um, the whole business where the choices you make in the plot uh, affect what parts of the open world you can access. Yeah, it's it sounds like there's like different factions and yeah. uh you know almost like a Fallout kind of where if you help one faction that's going to piss off another faction and then you going into their territory is either going to be impossible or, or more difficult for you. Well, what they demonstrated at the demo was that uh, the the decision you make in a game either leaves one section of the map flooded or not. So you can literally access the entire Oh, that's interesting. You can drain that section and have an entire new section of the map to explore if you make uh, a certain decision. And they were boasting that you would never be able to see the full uh, uh, extent of the places you can go on a single playthrough. And I'm not sure what I, how I feel about that, because it feels like that's going to be very annoying for a game reviewer. Yeah, I was about to say, how do you feel about that when games do that? When they're like, well, there's, you know, you need several playthroughs yeah. in order to meet all the characters and, and, and see all the endings and everything. Like, yeah. do, you, do you like that or do you think that's kind of... I don't know, just like a, a bullet point they try to hit. I suspect it's more annoying to me as a reviewer, as I say. I always, <laughs> I always worry, like, when I review something like Skyrim, everyone's saying that game is so full of content, but how do I know I didn't just accidentally see all the bad content in, the like, the one week I was playing it in? Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of folks had that with Cyberpunk uh, a year ago, where you know, mm. pe certain people were like, oh, no, it's these characters. This is where the good game is. And it's like, well... If I just play, you know, if I just played the main campaign and then gave you my impressions of it, that doesn't mean I'm wrong. If I didn't like it, it's yeah, yeah, it's strange. The locking off to anything, I don't know. It's, it's you know those old like um, black and white moral choice games like Infamous, where uh, mm -hmm. you'd make a binary choice every now and again, and it would lock you out of uh, certain story cutscenes, unlock you into yeah. certain abilities. This feels like an extension of that, where it's just forcing <laughs> you to play again to see all the content. Very, yeah, it's a very sort of artificial attempt to create a very artificial and very temporary attempt at creating replay value. Yeah, I mean, even uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five sort of had a similar thing where if you sort of if you lean towards law or chaos, um, mm. and and a lot of times in that game it was even like less apparent that you were making those decisions. It wasn't like Bioshock where you're like, oh, do I jab a giant needle into this little girl or not? Yeah, that was you shouldn't. You, yeah. you shouldn't jab a giant needle into little girls. Nick well, was doing it on his playthrough the other day. It was awful. Well, it depends what you mean by needle, and depends what you mean by girl. 
What is happening? Oh, Mo, what's the next game? Well, on that note, perhaps we should move on. All right, what what's next? Like astound me, excite me. Marty. Okay, we'll start. We'll start with some biggies. We'll start okay. with biggies. A couple weeks after uh, uh, Dying Light on February eighteenth, we have Horizon Forbidden West. That's the sequel to to Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, this one seems yeah. to take place in your neck of the woods, albeit post-apocalyptic and full of robos. It takes place in San Francisco, so that seems nice. California. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that didn't earn Watch Dogs two any more points. <laughs> in fact i was very upset when i played that game when the map didn't have the place where i lived at the time it had, yeah it really it, did just because at the really time did just chop it off at a certain point yeah at the time i was living in berkeley and i went to the point mm-hmm. on the map where berkeley should be and there was just like a, a lumber mill or something yep. i was like this is bullshit wow the famous berkeley lumber mill yeah um yeah, how do you? How, what's your temperature on, on Horizon? Did you did you enjoy the ri- original one? Were you? I know a lot of it at the time. It came out just like a few weeks before the Switch and Breath of the Wild, and so I feel like uh, at my last job it got overshadowed because the second Breath of the Wild came out. Everyone was just oh, you know yeah, focused on that for a few months. And I was kind of tepid on Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. It's it's just you know it's another open world, another Jiminy Cockthroat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it does. It looks. It looks very pretty. Well, um, they, it well, is still... don't, well don't all AAA games look pretty. <laughs> we'll find one. There'll be one on this list. We'll just be like, this does not. Ooh, I have one coming up, and it does not look pretty. So that's good. I did a publish an extra punctuation video entitled "The Open World Is Dead," and mm-hmm. Horizon Forbidden West fills me with exactly the same sentiment as I expressed in that video. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because I uh, every once in a while I'm like. I, I really want an open world to sink my teeth into. Not like a too big of one. Like last summer, uh, or I guess the previous summer, I really liked Ghost of Tsushima. Like I did a lot in that game. I was zigzagging across the islands. Um, I thought Far Cry 6 was going to scratch a similar itch this year, and I put like three hours into it and just yeah, stopped. Well, I got very bored. Yeah. The thing about open worlds these days, I remember reflecting on this when I was looking at the GTA San Andreas Definitive Edition. That the so-called AAA sandbox game has really lost sight of what was originally intended by a sandbox experience, as in you can just go out there and do whatever you want and have fun, and the game will like react appropriately. You can just like shoot up the street, and like a hundred police cars will arrive, and it's fun and organic, and like stuff develops. Yeah. Whereas if uh, they're less that, and now they're just more of like big levels yeah. when you do the thing they told that was, you. That was just a big level. Go to the icon on the map, do the coffee pasted combat mission, and then do another one. Yeah, so I guess it's like, yeah, less a sandbox and more just like a giant mall. Yeah. Just the mall of America. Yeah. yeah. Well, like the sandbox, depressing. you can't just do a shit in the corner and blame it on your little brother. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll get... Like, I don't know if there's anyone in the, in the AAA space at least still kind of carrying that torch of like, here's a playground, go nuts, do whatever you want. Scavenger brings up Saints Row at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That was supposed to come out in February, and then uh, it was delayed, uh, I believe, till September. Um, well, if they're like like bringing it back to reality after Saints Row Four, it can only disappoint if you ask me. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the tough thing is like they uh, they pushed it so far to the edge, and now it feels like an accordion that they're trying to yeah. like uh, press back in. And yeah, I don't Gen- know if folks want that. Genie won't go back in that bottle. Toothpaste yep. doesn't go back in the tube. Yeah, I really. Yeah, Saints Row Four really felt like a game that you'd make as a sort of big blowout farewell. 
say we're, yeah. this is like we're gonna like there is absolutely no following this Mm-hmm. There, there is no like coming back from it. I mean, the the planet Earth literally explodes. The planet Earth literally explodes. You get kidnapped by aliens and you take over the like the the universe. There's no, yeah. there's nowhere to go from there. I mean, it feels like that's almost like a very video gamey thing. Is that franchises push it so far and then they have to contract and go back to their roots? Um, yeah. like Resident Evil reminded me that like Resident Evil 6 was this six character globe trotting punching boulders kind of thing and then Resident Evil 7 was a very like sort of you know down to earth one, one dude in a spooky place yeah it's been sort of the folly of video games the longest time for the longest time they've always been trying to sell us sell us on them getting bigger and better and mm-hmm. more more spectacular and uh, we've long passed the point where they can't really push that any further yeah, you almost see a similar thing in like uh, comic books and comic book movies. Even like you have a big thing like the Avengers Endgame, where there's a million characters and they're fighting a guy who wants to end the universe, uh, and then they have to get smaller. And it's like Hawkeye and and yeah. Kate Bishop on Christmas fighting thugs. Um, I always think uh, of the new Doctor Who. How like mm-hmm. they just you know a gigantic threat threatens the entire universe. How do you one up that? Yeah, yeah. And like, do you even try, or do you just sort of take it back down to a base level and make you give a shit about the yeah. characters once again? Well, unfortunately, you need to be a good writer to be able to like uh, switch from the grand save the world scenario to the uh, strong character focused thing. Yeah, yeah. Silent Hill always uh, struck me as a game that did that really well. Silent Hill One was this grand cult, mm-hmm. cult bringing their evil god into the world, sort of. Bullshit. Yeah. But Silent Hill 2 was just like a very, very contained personal story focusing on yeah. like a small handful of characters and their in, and their inner demons and was a million mm-hmm. times better. So it can yeah, it yeah. can work. It can work going from the grand operatic scenario to the tight character focused one. And it kept getting smaller, and then Silent Hill Phil four was just the room. It was yeah, just the, yeah. just in a room. So there you go. I always, uh, think, I always think of Mario as well, going from Super Mario Brothers, then to Land, mm-hmm. then to World, then to Galaxy. Yeah, no advancing from there. So they brought it yeah. back, brought it back to Odyssey, which I guess, yeah, was, which I guess was a bit more character focused, if you, if you think about it. Yeah, you were trying to like stop a stop a shotgun wedding. Yeah, yeah, and prin- the princess didn't want to get wedding to any get married to anyone. So yeah. there you go, that worked. Yeah. Actually, like explored that whole. Uh, addressed that whole answer of are Mario and the princess going out or is he just in a sort of indentured servitude sort of relationship? I I really like that he ended up saving her from Bowser and she was like I don't want to get married to anyone, I want to go on my own vacation with my own hat and I thought that was really (laughs) nice. Yeah, what a great little game. She's Uh, really really giving off those mixed signals out Princess Peach. (laughs) I think she needs to figure out what the fuck she wants the flaky moo. Maybe that's what the next one will be about. Right. So Princess we'll Peach must stop being a flaky moo. <laughs> that's the next step for the Mario uh, franchise. Yeah, yeah. That's Nintendo has to wait though. They have to save that for the launch of the follow-up to the Switch. The Switch uh, itself can't possibly handle uh, her trying to learn how not to be a flaky moo. So we should make like a Princess Peach Helms dating sim. Uh, Princess Peach had... has to pick her perfect husband from all the Mushroom Kingdom residents. They... Oh, I kind of like that a lot, actually. Yeah, so they, I feel like I feel like Nick wants that now too because he's, yeah, he's yeah. got persona in his blood. Persona style, <laughs> Princess Peach persona style RPG where it's got like dungeons and combat, but and like even your party members are Mario and Luigi and Toad and Bowser, and she has to and she can romance any of them. 
This is incredible. Yeah, Krashikov said how Princess Peach got her groove back. It sounds great. Yeah, I love there this. You go. Yeah, I'm ab absolutely down for this. Uh, back to the game. So a week after Horizon, we have Elden Ring, which is probably arguably one of the one of the most anticipated games of uh, well, of 2022. Not arguably at all, if you ask the Game Awards. That, that is that, true. Yeah, most anticipated game. Uh, that fucking two years running. That so fucking bullshit award. <laughs> yeah yeah well obviously i'm a big dark souls fan although to be uh -huh. honest uh i wonder if i'm sort of tired of it i mean i played dark souls one like a million times i played dark souls two a surprising number of times dark uh -huh. souls three i played through once and never really went back to although i did uh, play through bloodborne relatively recently and enjoyed that a lot yeah and you know open world what uh what is it? <laughs> Yeah, this definitely doesn't feel, at least from from what we got to play in the uh, in the open beta, it doesn't feel like it's that Ubisoft open world whatsoever. Okay. Okay. It very much feels just like a large, like not even an overwhelmingly large, but just like a neat playground. And any direction you go in, there's something cool. Um, um, on the scale of open worlds, where we have Assassin's Creed on one side and Shadow mm -hmm. of the Colossus on the other. I, I would say it's closer to Shadow of the Colossus, except uh, uh, while you're going from point A to point B, you can sort of take mini detours. It definitely doesn't feel like Assassin's Creed or Skyrim, where there's right. just a bunch of bullshit. It seems like everything they put in there is kind of bespoke in there for a reason. Shadow of the Colossus, a great example of an open world that didn't like feel like it had to fill itself up with stuff. Somehow, no, absolutely. Yeah. Somehow benefits from not having much stuff in it at all. Yeah, it made like uh, every uh, as you were killing more and more of these deities, your your horseback rides to them, you'd be like, "Am I? Am I are we the baddies? Am I the baddies? Should I should I not be riding through this place and just trying to murder something that's been here longer than I have?" You played uh, Pray for the Gods, by the way. Uh, I have not. I saw Casey's review went up. Uh, uh, he seemed to uh, he enjoyed the boss battles themselves, uh, not so much. Apparently there's some, like, fluff in between Yeah, them. there's an awful lot of fluff. I might ZP yeah. it in the new year, if nothing mm, else. There you go. Is, uh, yeah, because I don't think fun. there's going to be anything else uh, right away to kick off the year. No, so. January's usually pretty dead, isn't it? Everyone's sort of yeah. recovering. And then it picks up again in the spring, usually uh, March. I think pretty much what, yeah. Well, I think this year it'll be just once February hits. I mean, we're going right. to have Dying Light and Horizon and Elden Ring. And I, I tend to think of it as Coast is Clear season. Everyone, th yeah. everything that didn't want to compete for Christmas sales comes yeah, out yeah. like towards the end of quarter one, mm -hmm. because uh, because it's a much uh, pretty much anybody's game that time of year. Yeah, 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 and I think it's just more, especially in 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 the last few years, it feels like so much that was supposed to come out in the fall has kind of wisely slipped to the very late winter early spring to yeah sort of be able to have more time to uh breathe yeah it's like how you know hollywood movies always to come out around the summer and then yeah titanic came out in the winter and like like uh, made everyone reassess things yeah yeah and they're like wow people want to go to the movies all year round i guess as long as we release yeah. the right thing you know yeah it's kind of the opposite with games we get like the big sales but just before christmas understandably and the drought in summer yeah, which I find really strange because it seems like every once in a while there's a game that comes out and can kind of like own the summer or at least like own the conversation around the summer. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird to me that more games don't try to do that. There are certainly times of the year when I'm always reaching for something to talk about. feels like there's a lot of games that could get some easy uh, exposure. 
yeah but, yeah absolutely on, on on every site and every channel so but, but then everyone else might get the same idea and then you're right back where you started aren't you ah shit <laughs> stuck in a quagmire there all right uh so back to uh into march uh a couple sort of niche ones we have gran turismo 7 which is just mm. i don't know cars cars go vroom yeah cars uh, go vroom. we've established try- satisfaction that cars go vroom yeah absolutely uh triangle strategy this is the uh the the switch exclusive by square it's the uh the one that's like a final fantasy tactics uh spiritual successor with that same uh art style that octopath traveler had oh that sort of yeah uh, it was 16, it was revealed under the name bit by way of the 2000s brown and bloom era exactly <laughs> that's oh that's sad but yes that's exactly yeah. what it is it was uh, revealed under the name project triangle strategy Okay. And then it got the official name Triangle Strategy. Which uh, when I that just ha- feel like it's fun when that happens, isn't it? Like what happened yeah. with Project Gotham Racing? That's <laughs> and uh, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, and like ah, fuck it, let's just keep it. Yeah. We already we already have a website, so there yeah. you go. Well, if the name slips out and it starts getting recognition, your hands are tied at that point. You don't yeah. want to, don't yeah. want to dilute your brand. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then uh, we have well, one of the big early indies of the year, Tunic, which is finally coming out. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of this game over the last couple of years. It's the top-down kind of Zelda-like with a really cute fox, but the uh, combat has the recursive nature of the Souls games. Uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it, to be honest. Okay. Very, uh, uh, the, the art style is adorable. Yeah, just Tunic, like a just tunic, tunic you'd put on. But you... huh, okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's uh, an action-adventure yeah, we... game. Thanks for the information, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, yeah, very much. It's like uh, inspired by the original Legend of Zelda, but the uh, the the combat and XP system is is mm. you know Souls-like in terms of you you know get points every time you kill something, but if you die, you lose them, and you have to go reclaim them. Otherwise, they're gone forever. Did you ever play Cave Story? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty unique leveling up system. I don't think I've ever seen like anything like that in any other game. I... Yeah, and I'm surprised more games didn't try to crib yeah. from that as well. Yeah, Cave Story yeah. felt like one of those early in like early indie smash hits, like around the same time as uh, stuff like Braid and and yeah, Meat I'd, Boy. I'd say it was the original indie smash. Yeah, pixel art indie smash. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yes. Sorry to digress. So, no, no, not at all. Uh, moving into April, we have Stalker Two. Which will be coming to PC and uh, Xbox. You don't want to mention Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, then? We can. Uh, do you have anything to say about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? Not, not really. <laughs> I, I guess I'll play it, but I'm just yeah. expecting another Borderlands game, which have always been kind of boring. Yeah, the uh, the trailers for it have looked a little bit better than uh, uh, the last couple Borderlands games, and they have like a big hollywood a-list cast of voices which i don't know if that's good or probably the scenario not great borderlands a pioneer in that rather upsetting brand of humor humor yeah um instead of you know being sharply written they just have characters keep talking until the thing they're saying is vaguely funny yeah yeah which uh really starts to grate once you start noticing it Mm mm-hmm this is this is my gun, and by gun I mean, oh god, shut up! <laughs> it's also, I think, humor is a hard thing to to maintain in a game that's like trying to be that long. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think, think I think there's a re- there's a reason when we think of like 
funny games we think of uh shorter adventure games like the lucas arts yeah. games something i think you can do scripted. i think you can do a comedy game if, as long as the comedy is running through the primary loop like some like if you've got some nice comedy slapstick going on because when i think of like funny experiences in games i think of stuff like firing a steak at launcher at someone in painkiller and watching all their arms and legs fly off that's the sort it's of thing a, that never gets old yeah like mechanical comedy yeah I was that's, yeah it's tough i think if you're gonna do a comedy game you need to uh, have that running through the moment to moment experience yeah which is hard because then that's like is that the the rob of the job of the writers or the job of the the designers um i think um you just have to have a good instinct for humor and you need to be working yeah. with like pretty much everyone you need to work yeah. with the sound designers and the visual designers because comedy is a pretty specialized trade yeah I've heard, yeah because i've heard like uh when uh, valve was making the portal games they'd have the, the people writing the jokes would also like get hands-on with the build and they'd work with the sound designers and get some training in how to place assets and stuff so that Interesting. they could bring their understanding of comic timing to the way yeah. the joke cranks off in the game because you can't just get by just with writing jokes because then you no, then, then what are then where are you your borderlands your sacred three your games that i want to stab in the face with a broken bottle yeah where they're 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 trying to be funny through the writing but then none of that comes through through the mechanics or anything and it doesn't hold up on repeat listens that's no, the, i don't know that's the that's the the rub comedy mm -hmm. like dies on repetition and video games live on repetition the yeah yeah the primary loop that's why i say yeah. if you're gonna Ooh, do that you gotta focus on like the visceral humor rather than written jokes yeah well, that's a good point that's really interesting Thank you. Um, I've, been, yeah. I've I <laughs> like to think I I've picked up a few things over the years. Maybe you should write a book or something. Uh, you know, I've actually, you know, I have thought about it. You know, Yahtzee's Guide to Gaming. But I think know, it'd be good. I, I wouldn't know how to structure it. I would just compile a bunch of old columns or something. I was about to say it would just be a bunch of random thoughts. Yeah, I'm sure people would still read that. Um, well, well, and yeah, the, Stalker 2. Yeah, Stalker saying. 2. So, yeah, which uh, also, um, I, I think we were talking before, Nick and I, on another show, we were uh, a little hesitant of wh whether this will actually come out in April because the things they've shown so far look really cool, but also feel like that exact scripted sort of thing you were talking about with Dying Light. Mm. Yeah, I really felt like it was Stalker sort of doing the thing that uh metro exodus kind of did where they were sort of losing some of their unique identity to be more like every other open world mm -hmm. yeah um i mean yeah, I mean, I yeah. Agree with that. Like the first two stalkers were sort of prided themselves in being sort of uh unfriendly kind of difficult yeah yeah and then at a certain point when you start throwing enough money into the game you need to get yeah. a bigger and bigger audience so yeah, you can't just appeal to that initial niche gotta broaden it out yeah gotta get the plebs in love the plebs gotta get all those plebs so yeah that's my yeah guess. that's the concern there understandable yeah and then uh, i'll go over last there's just i have a couple buckets of games uh undated uh for for the remain well in theory are coming out next year mm. uh in terms of playstation games uh we have the god of war sequel uh Forspoken? Oh, uh, what do you feel about the God of War sequel? Ragnarok? 
if you're making an if you're making like a Viking game, you can have one of two subtitles, can't you? It's like if it's not yeah. if it's not Ragnarok, it's Valhalla. Yeah, pick one. <laughs> what did you think of God of War 2018? Well, I remember feeling slightly resentful that it set up this like big conflict with the Norse gods, and then mm-hmm. then just sort of cliffhangered it. Yeah, where it fobs you off with just a final boss fight with Balder, and then. Thor shows up and says, "Hey, I'm one of the interesting Norse gods," and then cut to black. Well, you gotta you gotta leave them wanting something more, right? Well, I I always cite Star Wars: A New Hope in these situations. <laughs> Star Wars: A New Hope is a perfectly functional, self-contained story, but that just left some things, just left a bit of room to grow that the sequels could like take and run with. Yeah, it wasn't just hey, tune in for the next sequel for the rest of the plot. Yeah, like if there never if there never was an Empire Strikes Back, you could still look at A New Hope and be like, that was an incredible movie. Yeah, like there you go. And yeah, tied up the loose ends, and Vader was spinning off into space, and who cares if he comes back? Yeah, so God of War spends the whole time like psyching us up for a fight with Odin, and then Odin never fucking shows up. I was, well, I was, I was offended. You were offended <laughs> by the lack of Odin. Yeah. You demand Odin in your game. Yes. Uh, well, it's we'll Wednesday. No Thor's in this one. It is Wednesday. <laughs> Look at that little uh, little Odin fact for everyone in the yes. audience. Wednesday is named after yeah. Odin or Woden. It is Woden's yeah. day. Yeah, great day. That, that's a, one, sort one of, of surprising. Sort of surprising that the days of the week still have pagan gods on them, even after all these years and through many periods yeah. of Christian rule. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't try to change those. But yeah, well, people are, people are used to them. It's what they like. Imagine if they tried to like change if they tried to change the names of the days like in twenty twenty two. That'd be so tough. I don't think people would do it. No. Yeah, they just wouldn't go along with it. I think they tried to take uh, the names of gods off of the days of the week and the months uh, during yeah. the uh, French Revolution. Oh, okay. Because they were they were going to like uh, you know completely rebuild the system away with the yeah. old kings and the old gods, but it didn't stick. Yeah. No. Yeah. People have spoken. It's like when they tried to do new Coke, and it was like, nope, we don't yeah. want it. Bring yeah. back Coca Cola Classic. We like what we like. Yeah, <laughs> big dumb monkey brains, and we just want that. Um, last few. Uh, the big Nintendo one is going to be Breath of the Wild two. Um, I was assuming that actually comes out next year, and that yeah, yeah, doesn't get yeah. I mean, Bre- conceptually, Breath of the Wild was a really good game, but I went back to replay it a few months back, and I just sort of lost interest. Man, I, I I am in a very different boat every time I pick up that game. I fall mm. in love with it again. I mean, I went back and replayed Mario Odyssey and got through the whole thing, but Breath of the Wild, I just I just went, eh, can't be asked. Yeah, well, there you go. We'll see if... Uh, I feel like they have big shoes to fill with the second one, and at least in the Zelda series, Nintendo doesn't traditionally just make a sequel that's just this but more. They generally try to switch up the formula and throw you in the middle of the ocean or well counterpoint mario galaxy 2 uh with the mario series i think they do sequels i don't think zelda they've done they re- they rarely do it yeah they did um a couple of sequels direct sequels to wind waker that were on ds that's and, right yeah yeah and then i guess like a link between worlds was sort of a direct sequel to uh, yeah. a link to the past and but, majora's yeah. mask was a direct sequel to ocarina of time that's probably the closest one but again at least like majora's mask is like so oh yeah yeah that was heavily 
yeah, like yeah. leaning on another idea. Yeah, know? I agree. That was that in that was the pioneer of time loops long before time yep. loops were a trend. Yep, yep. Uh, and then uh, the last one I'll talk about, and then if you want to hop to to questions, uh, is uh, for Xbox. They have already dated Starfield for the end of the year coming out. Well, uh, we know. I guess we can place bets now on what's definitely getting pushed back to the following year. <laughs> I mean, they. I can't believe they announced the Starfield date in the summer for the following winter. Like they announced it's like eighteen months in advance. That's hedging their bets, perhaps. Absurd. Yeah. Hasn't that, hasn't that been? like held over us for years now oh yes this yeah. is definitely something we're working on it's been like most anticipated game at the game awards nominee for the last four or five years straight yeah i think it was it was revealed alongside uh uh elder scrolls 6 at like e3 2018 <laughs> with just the logo <laughs> and... elder scrolls 6 remember that yeah that is that is most certainly still just the logo that'll uh once starfield comes out they'll start working on that what so do you think through the wrench in the works there was it doom i think it might have been doom I don't know. I honestly don't know. Fallout seventy six. Like if that's the thing that, gonna, I, I don't Possibly. know. It just it's Possibly. it's mind boggling to me that we haven't got just a sequel to Skyrim in the last decade. Well, well they've hardly needed to. They've just kept yeah. re-releasing Skyrim every few years. Yeah, you can say the same thing about GTA five. That's I mean they're still milking that heat for everything it's worth. We'll be getting the yep. next gen versions of that uh, sometime next year. Someone in the chat mentioning Beyond Good and Evil two. Yeah, that's fallen back into please forget yeah. about this territory, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's there's plenty of games, uh, you know that that you could just list off that I don't think we'll be seeing next year. Um, I mean, maybe we'll be seeing some of them. That's a game I'm not even sure still exists, but um, yeah. you could say the same thing for like Fable and Perfect Dark and mm. yeah, the Spider Man and Wolverine games. I, I don't think those will be 2022 games at all. Well, who can say? All right, no let's can. let's super chat it up. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah, so remember, get your chats in. We'll be uh, gabbing and goofing with you guys for the next half hour or so, 25 minutes or so, and uh, yeah, get your super chats in. Starting with Liquid Cow, who gives five pounds to say, won't be around for the live stream, but I've enjoyed listening to the podcast this year, so just tipping to say thanks and happy solstice. Happy oh. solstice to you too, Liquid Cow. Oh, kind. Oh, my gosh. Liquid Cow. Is that just milk? Hmm? Um, Is his name Liquid Cow? Uh, yeah, well, uh, there's well, more isn't than... that just milk? Well, presumably it's like the entire cow all minced up and, uh, into a hideous bloodiness. Oh, okay, so there'd also be like blood and, and, and like bone chunks. Okay, I don't want to yeah. think about that anymore. I yeah. thought that was just a nice way to say cow. Unpasteurized milk probably contains yeah. quite a lot of samples of the cow. <laughs> God. Uh, I'm not Greg Graffin gives 499 euros to say hey Yats could, would you ever do a review recap like you did in 2019 again that was one of my favorite videos of yours babes x well I did that mainly because there wasn't really anything else to fill the schedule with and this year we did have things to fill the schedule with such as Halo Infinite and SMT5 and you know I don't always remember all the 
all the shit I've played in the year and didn't end up reviewing. Yeah, it's also just, man, like, I was looking at a list of all the games I played uh, in chronological order this year, and just, like, Hitman was this year. Yeah. I was like, Jesus, that was, that feels like a very long time ago I was playing that. And I think the conclusion I drew from doing that, like, recap video from 2019 was that most of the stuff I don't do reviews of, I don't do reviews of just because they're fine. They're not mm -hmm. particularly interesting to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And it's tough. It's a combination of uh, it has to be something the audience will care about or you care about. Um, you know, because the one thing you'll notice in this list is we we mentioned very few, aside from Tunic, uh, indie games. And that's not because we don't care about indie games. We love indie games. It's yeah. just, A, uh, a lot of times those aren't dated far in advance. Hmm. So if you look at something like uh, like Death Store this year or even like Spirit Fair or the prior year, prior year, like those were games I didn't really know about even going into the year. And so no. I'm sure there's some of my favorite games this year will be games that we don't even know exist right now. Yeah, which is great. pretty much every time like I've latched onto an indie game, it's someone that's mm -hmm. taken, me, taken me by surprise. Absolutely. Like your Spirit Fairer or your Oberdin. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's Hollow Knight came out of nowhere and, and slapped yes, people yes. right in the mouth. That's why it's important to keep an eye out, see what's uh, trending on Steam. Exactly. All right, Gavin Scott gives a hundred Australian dollars. Ooh, a hundred! Holy moly! Thank big, you so much, Gavin. Big spender over here. To say good eye, Yahtzee. Well, I guess since he's Australian dollars, I guess I'm doing the accent. <laughs> good eye, Yahtzee. Merry Christmas. Been a long time, friend. Thought it was about time I show some support for the channel. Skype's podcast has been a staple of my long drives to work each night. Love your work. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. That was drifting all over the place. Yeah, that was. Uh, well, if if Gavin's just listening to the podcast, I was shaking my head the whole time. Um, but your your donation is incredibly generous. Yes, yes thank you very much, Gavin. Yeah. Absolutely, you deserved a better Australian accent than what you got. Absolutely, good eye. John Fu gives five euros to say thanks, guys. Please release my family unharmed. Well, no promises, John Fu. No, that's what that's yeah. that's that you need a hundred Australian dollars in yeah. order to release the family unharmed. You have to be a Gavin yeah. Scott. Yeah. Uh, Henry one four three five six gives ninety nine cents to say nothing. Oh well, still I guess we have to say thanks anyway. Yeah, but still, why not one dollar? Do you think we'd be fooled? I, th I think there's one of the services that the default's 99 cents. If you do it on your phone, maybe, or something. I feel like Nick said that before. I, Nick has mentioned something where there's a reason some of the 99 censors come in. You know, in Australia, they, you know what they do in Australia? They don't have one and two cent coins. So they just round up transactions. That sounds great. I would love yeah, that. Yeah, it's a great idea. I think get rid of the penny. It. It's a good idea. They should also get rid of the, I think they should get rid of the penny and they should get rid of the second. Like, there shouldn't be seconds. Let's just go by minutes. Uh, yeah, sure. We don't need seconds. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not really coming with you on that one, but let's move on. <laughs> I'm starting to think how often I use seconds. I'm like, oh, man. Like, there's, I, I would burn things all the time because I'd be like a minute late on things. That wouldn't be good. But we'll see. Undertow. Sports would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Un yeah. Well, the world record for the sprint would be like one minute forever. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats, everybody. Yeah. Undertow gives uh, one euro to also say nothing. What's wrong with you? Maybe these are like forms of protest. 
Well, regardless, I'm, I appreciate the money. I wonder Toe shows up later. Maybe he didn't realize okay. he had to type something. Mm. Scavenger gives five euros, gave uh, gives five US dollars to say you talked about replay value. Does that affect your reviews? I know most of us don't play a game every week or write off games to our taxes. Well, it's often been the case. I've gone back to a game I remember really liking, and then uh, uh, realizing that there were a few wrinkly edges. I were kind of distracted from the first time. Mm-hmm. And often, like, uh, quite a ways down the line, I'll think back to games I was kind of lukewarm on at the time and then think, you know what, I kind of want to replay that now. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, replayability, like, there's certain things, like, roguelikes are, are built around uh, replayability, uh, whereas other games, like, you, we were talking about Mario Odyssey and uh, uh, mm. uh, Breath of the Wild earlier. In 2017, when they came out, I don't think we knew five years from now which one would be a more fulfilling replay than the other. I think some of yeah. that stuff you can't really you can't really discern in the moment. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, what what can you do? We've got to play a game a week. Yeah, got to keep going. Can't help us. Can't help it. Sorry. Videos ain't gonna make themselves. Undertow comes back to give us five euros and actually say something this time. He says, "Hi guys and Merry Christmas. Have either of you played Gorogoa? Also, any chance of Yatsia Marty appearing on Colin Moriarty's podcast to talk games?" Uh, I have played Goragoa. Have you? No, I've never heard. It was of a, it. Uh, it was a, 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 I believe, a one-man puzzle game uh, published by Annapurna, and it, it's all uh, the the mechanic is all based on uh, these like frames, and so you see a window frame, and then you can go through the frame into whatever the world is, and then you have to sort of recreate, you maneuver the world to um, create new frames that you go to. It's very hard to explain, but it was okay. a very unique premise. Um, and and one I very much enjoyed, and it's I think by now it's on like PC and iOS and Switch and pretty much everything. So yeah, if anyone's looking for a, a neat little puzzle game, I recommend Goraga. Hmm. Yeah. And any chance of us appearing on Colin Moriarty's podcast? Well, I don't really know who that is. He was a former coworker of mine at IGN. I know Nick's appeared on this podcast. Yeah, wouldn't be. Wouldn't be opposed to that. I feel like I could do enough podcasts just for the escapers. That is true. Uh-huh. You're not really you're not really working on your brand anymore. Um. Well, I might go on a podcast to talk about my books. There you go. Yeah. Are there book podcasts? There's got to be book podcasts, yeah. right? Yeah. Are there like dumb book podcasts? Like we have dumb video game podcasts. I have no idea. I mean, you know books, I mean? books are for smart people, so possibly not. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Um, Dotto gives 610 Japanese yen. Oh. Holy moly. Don't see that very often. I think, yeah. that's, the, I think that's the first time I've seen Japanese yen yeah. in one of these. I usually catch this on podcast, but I find myself up at 4am, so I will take this opportunity to watch live and express my appreciation. Oh, well, that explains why we don't get Japanese yen very much, because it's, yeah, uh, it's 4am there. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Dotto. That's, uh, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. That guy yeah. you know gives five US dollars. Yahtzee is looking at the Japanese releases and saying games, games everywhere are not a game to play. Okay. Um, oh, are they saying that the, uh, uh, the, there was a dearth of Japanese games in what we were talking about? I don't know, possibly. It seems like there always is. There's always a few yeah. anime RPGs in the, in the month. Yeah, looking at, I guess, the stuff we literally just, we were talking about earlier, um, Pokemon is Japanese, uh, Elden Ring is Japanese, 
But uh, yeah, besides that, there's not uh, there's not a lot. There's a game called Monarch, which is uh, a JRPG by a lot of the former leads of like um, certain Persona and SMT games um, that mm. I'm looking forward to. There's uh, Thirteen Sentinels: Aegis Rim, which is a, a really great visual novel strategy RPG about time travel and robots that came to PS4 last year. Is coming to Switch and PC. Oh, and there's Ru- there's Rune Factory Five. Rune Factory 5. There you go. Uh, I might check out because there was some twat on the comments who was constantly banging on about it a while, but... Yep. Great guy. Love that guy. Hey, if you like the Harvest Moon, it's like that, but with more fantasy elements or something. So... There you go. More fantasy waifus. Yeah. And uh, who could object to that? Yeah. Only a monster. Yeah, and when you... I don't... Do people... Do people that consider Nintendo games Japanese? Um... I hope. I mean, I know they, they literally, are. they literally are. But like, you know, when we say, like, oh, we're not covering enough Japanese games, it's like, well, pretty much every Nintendo game we cover is Japanese. Like everything from Pokemon to Zelda to Mario to I guess Triangle Strategies and Splatoon. And... I guess Nintendo games are designed for an international audience. Yeah, and they have less. They have less. Unlike the the Peach uh, dating sim that we pitched, yeah. which will which will be rooted in Japanese. Yeah. It's like how um, Final Fantasy is more popular in the West, and in mm-hmm. Japan, Dragon Quest tends to be more popular. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Forspoken, that's another Japanese game that I think we we skipped on. I don't know when. It's coming out in the summer, I believe. Have you seen any of that one? That's the one that's like, uh, it's by the Internal Square Studio, but it looks kind of like an, it's an isekai by like a girl from New York City who gets transported to a fantasy world. It's like a big, pretty action RPG. Well, I doubt it can beat the opening of Nino Kuni 2, in which the president of the United States gets killed no. in a nuclear blast and then no. reawakens, then wakes up in a fantasy world. No, that was that was an all timer. That was an yeah. absolute all timer. Do you think that yeah. was based on a real story? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was uh, the story of Robert Oppenheimer, I believe. <laughs> Uh, where were we? Uh, Dimitri? Dimitri gives five Canadian dollars to say, Hey, Yats, in 2019 you did an end-of-year roundup of titles that you couldn't give full ZPs to. Any plans to do anything like that again this year? People really want this 2019 video. That's that very same question, reworded. So I refer you to my earlier answer. Yeah, I hope we get another one. I hope people just really keep banging this 2019 drum. Well, maybe I'll do one in the new year if there's bugger all else to review. How about that? Uh, Spencer Trumbore gives five US dollars to say, please play more indie stroke auto stroke small dev games in 2022 and give them the entire episode if you think we should play them. Well, I'd love to, Spencer Trumbore, but as we keep saying, we can only really cover what we notice. And those Mm -hmm. are usually things that gain a certain profile already. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to play every single indie game and like uh, call out the individual ones that impressed us. Someone recommended yeah, to me a game called, um, I think it's called Through Your Eyes, or... Bef- was that the Before Your Eyes? The Before Blinking Eyes. One? Before Your yeah. Eyes, yes, the Blinking One. It's kind of gimmicky. It's a game mm-hmm. where you're supposed to point your webcam at your face and the game proceeds every time you blink. But mm-hmm. it, but I, I, it actually has a very good story. I was very moved by the story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the blinking mechanic seems gimmicky at first, but is actually uh, it's it's interesting sort of thought exercise about wanting to stay in the moment, but knowing that yeah. you eventually can't. Yeah, yeah, I found the mechanic a bit wonky. Sometimes it would go proceed even though I didn't blink or because I just like yeah. moved my eyes or something. Yeah. But 
I think uh, eventually worked it out. And yeah, I did like how it played with sometimes you really wanted to stay in a moment to uh, mm -hmm. see what was going to happen next, but then you you had to like not blink to see it. And then... Yeah. Yeah, and, it was and interesting. As, and towards the end of the game, it starts playing with having you close your eyes to do things. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty effective as well. Yeah. So I don't, check that out. I don't, know I, I don't know if I do a ZP review. Maybe I should do a roundup re video just so I can cover it. There you go. Spencer, you inspired him. There you go. Um, Scavenger gives $5 to say, I try not to get hyped for upcoming games, but Stray's trailer tickled me. Stray. That that's, is... Uh, oh, that's the one about the cat, isn't it? Cat. Yeah, a cat in like a little future with some robos. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes. Plus, I suspect Yahtzee will have fun with the Prince of Persia remake. <sighs> well, that and Ubisoft announcing they were going to remake Splinter Cell has sort of like enforced the feeling I expressed in a recent extra punctuation that gaming may well have peaked in a period between 10 and 20 years ago. And, you know, that just sort of enforces that. That is, that is like immensely depressing, but... Uh... yeah. But, yeah, you know, maybe that's just, you know, the peak so far. Maybe we're due for another peak at some point. Yeah. It, it is funny to see uh, we, we get these these games we loved returning in some way, shape, or form and seeing how some return well and some are just torn yes. apart when they do. Like the, the GTA trilogy, how that was fumbled compared yes. to, you know, finally getting a Psychonauts sequel that felt like a genuine, you know, successor to the original. Oddworld Soulstorm leaps to mind. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we're getting a Dead Space remake. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, strange. Storm was bloody awful. Yeah, that was uh, not great. Uh, oh, blimey, we've got a whole bunch more in. Uh, where are we at? All the games. I believe we're at all the games. Uh, yes, all the games. Give us one ninety nine to say, does Hollow Knight Silk Song have a 2022 release? I have no idea, does it? Uh, it, it it doesn't have any release. Uh, people keep expecting it to be shadow dropped at events. Uh, I've heard that for like the last year and a half. Um, I would imagine it's going to come out in 2022, but well, maybe maybe I'm wrong. So, but yes, in terms of indie games of 2022, if that does come out, that would probably be one of the biggest releases of the year. Sequels, sequels, sequels. As we say, mm -hmm. at the end of the year, the ones we'll probably be the most excited about are the ones we currently know absolutely nothing about. A hundred percent. Let's see, but you know. So, sequels, equals, 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 equals. Yep. Uh, Henry14356, who gave a super chat earlier but didn't say anything, gives 199 and says simply, super chat. So, you know, he's, get, he's getting there. He's gradually yeah. making progress. Hasn't quite mastered yeah. it, but keep trying, Henry14356. <laughs> He'll get there in the end. Thanks for the money. Josh, yeah, okay. Josh McKenzie gives $5 to say, are there any VR games on the horizon that you are excited for? I don't think I know of any VR games that are upcoming, except the GTA San Andreas VR remake. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, when I try to think, when I think of, like, the biggest VR games of the last couple of years, like, Half-Life Alex was revealed shortly before launch. Um, so if there is a big VR thing coming out, maybe we don't know about it yet. We know that probably in 2022, Sony will reveal the PSVR 2. We know they're working on it. Um... And so maybe that will sort of bring VR one step further into the mainstream. If it um, still needs cameras and it's not wireless, then it might as well wank off. I completely agree with that, yeah. Wank off with um, those wires. No. 
Yeah, we don't know what the Half-Life Alex team has moved on to. Man, um, I don't want to end up a year and a half ago. I don't want VR to be a big hardware competition. I don't want to end up with 500 of the fucking things cluttering up the office. And you know how annoying that was going to be where like the PlayStation ones are going to be exclusive to PSVR. And then, uh, yeah, that's no. just a pain in the ass. Why can't we just do it like DVD players? Like I think I've said before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Matthew Muir? Yes, Matthew Muir, thank you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm tired. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Five Canadian dollars to say, any chance you'll be hearing let's all laugh at an industry that never laughs, learns anything, tee hee hee, this year? I do have a subject in mind. I'm just waiting for, you know, a, uh, a dead week to pop it, in, pop it into. There you go. It's a subject that we've never really tackled in the occasional guide to Moments in Gaming History series. And okay. that's... Uh, Indie games. Ooh, interesting. I mean, I guess I don't want to give it away. I might have mentioned it before, no. actually. actually. Actually, you know what? Let's just say it. I'm in, I'd be interested in doing a video on the subject of Bob's game. What's Bob's game? Good. Ask no more questions. We'll, we'll, we'll address it when, if and when the video happens. I'm I'm excited to hear about Bob and his game, or if it wasn't a possessive Bob's, whatever Bob's is. <laughs> Mister Sadface gives two dollars to say. Speaking of Australia, do you still hear from Gabe? Not really. We have really different lives now. We've 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 parted ways. He does his he, thing. Mr. I Sadface, do mine. Mister Sadface's name was reflective of the answer. Our relationship was like ships passing in the night. There you go. It's beautiful. Uh, LL Cool TJ9 gives $2 to say, you have to donate at least $2 to say anything. Well, I, hate, true? I hate to differ, but Henry14356 only gave one ninety nine when he said Super Chat. <laughs> Counterpoint. Look at the next one. Uh, R. Goz gives $1.01 to say nothing. So, I also so I don't have any clue for this one dollar and one cent thing. Maybe like I thought I had yeah. an idea for the ninety nine cents thing. I don't know the the one penny thing. Yeah, maybe the cutoff line is a dollar ninety eight. Yeah, dollar ninety eight and less gets no get doesn't get to say anything. <laughs> you have no voice. Ooh, that's pretty dystopian, isn't it? Yeah, got to pay to be heard. <laughs> Michael Eller gives five dollars to say Yats saying my name is Christmas enough to me. Incredible. You, you're welcome, Michael Ella. You must think he's gonna you like must, clip this out and put it as like a phone notification? You must be used to some very disappointing Christmases, Michael Ella. Oh. <laughs> James Burden gives five New Zealand dollars to say Merry Holidays, everyone. I hope we I hope we get to see the unholy return of Jeremy Goodsex in twenty twenty two. Well, I can say that Adventure is Nigh will definitely be returning after the current campaign is over. Two mm-hmm. more episodes left in the current campaign. But you, you haven't heard the last of our stalwart band of adventurers, mostly consisting of murderers and con men, yeah, and one right. psychotically cheerful cat. As for, well, Ger- as for Jeremy Goodsex, well, I'm more invested in the return of Anus Quiver, to be honest. Yes, terrible names, awful names. Jeremy Goodsex, he was like Pete Best in the Beatles. He'll be forgotten within a a year or two. (laughs) 
Mechanicum gives five euro to say, what do you think about games being released at the same date they are announced? Fröhe Weihnachten aus Deutschland. That means, Merry Christmas from Germany. Yes, I know what that means because I studied German. Although when so I was I. although when I was studying German, the phrase was Fröhliche Weihnachten. Fröhliche Weihnachten. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was when I studied too. Maybe mm. the word, maybe the language has evolved since I was at school. Anyway, games we released the same date they were announced. Well, it's a pretty cocky fucking move, isn't it? Yeah. You got to be I very mean, sure we- of your ground. You got to be absolutely sure people are going to go bananas when they hear the name. Yeah, but there's even the the weird ones where, uh, like we were talking about Pray for the Gods earlier, which is a, a mm. Shadow of the Colossus-like indie game. Um, and that was a game that was revealed years ago. Yeah. It was like in early access, I think. But then just earlier this week, they were just like, it's out to zero fanfare. And you're like, well, what was the point of this? Why would you do this? Why would yeah. you? Like, this seems very strange. Wasn't even that great a game. Spoiler no. Alert. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Very strange. Um, I think it can be exciting. I think for work purposes, it's usually a pain in the ass for us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We like our like review schedules usually a few weeks ahead. Uh, yeah. Oh no, and I can remember like covering certain E3s, and everyone would be in LA, and then they'd be like, "This game is out now," and we're like, "Well, yeah, yeah, fuck, we don't have yeah. anyone to play it." Yeah. Yeah. That's so. Uh, yeah, a bit of a survival tip there for developers. Yeah. You probably won't get much review coverage if you pull that shit. Nope, not great. Meister Kleister Heist Air gives five euros to say, do we get a lot of German listeners? Yeah, that was nice. Two in a row. To say, how about this? Any reasons to not look forward to Elden Ring? Any games to not look forward to, but which you will probably have to play? I mean, it it felt like a lot of the games we were talking about earlier, you you weren't super excited for, but you probably... anyways. Well, I, as I said, I generally don't look forward to things because, you know, yeah. as we said, it's mainly the things that take us by surprise that we end up remembering the most fondly. And yeah, and uh, if you're n- if you're never optimistic, you can never be disappointed, right? Did you see the new Spider-Man movie? Because there's pretty much a line that says, "If you prepare for disappointment, you can't be disappointed." I don't think you saw the new Spider-Man movie. No, did you? no, I did not see the new Spider-Man movie. No. Well, I there you go. S- I saw the trailer and said, "Well, that pretty much killed my interest." whatever sliver of interest i might have had to watch it so i don't think i will although it's Uh, nice to see alfred molina as dr octopus again man man, there's some good molina and some good willem dafoe love it i mainly just like the actor alfred molina he's come a long way since he died at the start of raiders the lost ark hasn't he right he turned on indy though he was that was shitty of him he deserved it don't turn on indie. Well, uh, but any reasons to not look forward to Elden Ring? I mean, if you don't like previous Souls games, you're probably not going to like Elden Ring. I don't know. Yeah. If, you like the... if you don't like staring at a horse's bum, yeah, that will probably be annoying in a game with lots oh. of horse riding in it. Yeah. If you don't like dragons or like slimy things, the game's going to have a ton of slimy things. Although hopefully the horse's bum will not occasionally poo like it does in Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't think so, because you like summon the horse from like the ether, and so maybe when it goes back to to whence it came, it, it goes just back to like a, a void full of its own shit. Well, it's a living oh. thing, so presumably it has to eat something. And if you, it can, has you to, can feed it, you can feed it grass to like heal it, to heal it. Well, if it eats grass, then it presumably has to poo at some point. Well, if it's able to be summoned from a void, maybe it's able to take the the poo in its stomach and send it to some other void. I don't know. We'll ask Miyazaki. So it's just a, a special pocket dimension just for poo. 
Yeah, like D&D has like a bag of holding, and I'm sure yeah. there's like some D&D party that just uses a bag of holding there's shit into it. some unfortunate universe somewhere that's just poo comes out of the sky every now and again, and none of, no, nobody understands why. I think that was a canonical thing in Harry Potter, like until like the 1920s, they just took shits anywhere and then uh, used their wands to like yes. make it disappear. A planet where humans evolved very poor senses of smell and very efficient agrarian societies. Yeah. There, there, you, go. there you go uh scavenger gives five dollars you just keep popping up don't you scavenger oh scavenger money to burn my prediction yahtzee's 2022 game of the year is battle royale scrabble meets battle royale combat well uh, right, isn't, I believe, that, I, isn't that already out i believe that game came out this year so that game came out like a week ago so i, I don't think it could be yours but it is well, it is neat if you watch the trailer for it, it it starts with all the scrabble letters like dropping up from top and you, you find where you're going to land on the board and then it's everyone trying to play their hand as quickly as possible well i am infuriatingly good at scrabble well there you go babble uh, royale my wife likes playing those little like anagram games on her phone and i love i love annoying her by looking over her shoulder and getting it in like two seconds <laughs> yeah i feel like that would be incredibly frustrating for her and then saying it's zephyr <laughs> well there you go you could finally find the battle royale made for you Double Royale. I take pride in my being unusually good at anagrams. There you go. Uh, D Civil three six nine gives ten euros. Yeah, it'd be nice to play a battle royale that I can be good at. Well, you don't. Yeah, just, right. Just being good at sniping just gets you like, through the whole thing. And like the the thirteen and fourteen year olds that are normally the best at games like Fortnite and PUBG yeah. would have to be bad at this game. Yeah. Like no thirteen year olds good at. Yeah, I would eat a fucking lunch in battle royale. <laughs> D Silver, th I always win at Bananagrams as well. Anyway, D Ooh, Silver like 369 it. gives 10 euros to say if you didn't like SMT, try. Ugh, here we fucking go. Try Devil Survivor Overclocked. It has personas, time management, and strong characters with SMT's challenging gameplay, apocalyptic themes, and lore versus order. Brilliant writing. Well, that's all very good, but does it have really pumping, jazzy music and a really hateable PE teacher who you fuck over in the end of the first act? No, but you can play jazz music on Spotify as you play the game and think about a, a gym teacher you've had that you don't like. Oh, it's not the same. <laughs> um, I have heard Devil Survivor Overclock is very good, though. I believe it's for the DS, which I don't like opening. That old clam, that, that old dusty clamshell. I'm not going to open that that relic. Yeah, I haven't got that it. haunted little handheld. I don't even know where my old... DS would be. Although I do, no. have a, I do have a DS emulator. I like to play Dawn of Sorrow on because then I can oh, hack. I can go. hack the ROM to take out those fucking touchscreen gimmicks. Oh, that's nice. That's good stuff. Matthew Muir gives five Canadian dollars to say there's an indie 2D Zelda clone called Blossom Tales that's getting a sequel in 2022. The first game was good, so the sequel might be interesting. Yeah, I, I played the original Blossom Tales. I have it on Switch. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I'm hoping that the the leap in the next one is like the leap from the original Zelda, The Link to the Past, which is asking a lot of an indie game, I realize. Um, we can but hope. Yeah. Oh, great news. Henry14356 has finally figured out how Super Chats work. Perfect. He gives us 4.99 US and says, no love for Horizon Zero Dawn's writing, confused emoji. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't mind the. I didn't mind the story in the original. I don't, I, don't really, I don't really remember it. It didn't really leap out at me the way the writing yeah. in something like the Forgotten City did. 
Yeah. Um, I think in terms of the big open world games, I, I feel like I enjoyed the characters and everything. Yeah, I, I, To me, yeah, it's not like the... I don't know, I wouldn't have said it's my favorite written game of that year, but we'll see. We'll see what the second one does. All right, Maybe the, with San Francisco, it's going to have beatniks. Beatniks and robots? I would love that. I will admit that Horizon Forbidden West as a title makes slightly more sense than Horizon Zero Dawn, which is just a collection of random words. Yeah, I think they were trying to keep the whole, oh, no, it's Colorado, but the future um, thing close to the vest, even though, I don't know, when that game was announced, I just assumed it was like Earth, but the future. It does sound like one of those uh, working titles, isn't it? Yeah. Just a load of random bollocks. Project Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. Pain causing samurai gives five Canadian dollars to say, have either of you played Eastwood or Fuga Melodies of Steel? Both were unique but overshadowed by other releases. P.S. I missed the rhyme down. I have played Eastwood. I never got around to finishing it. I think it's sort of, it has a sort of strong connecting plot, but the connecting plot sort of fades away and it sort of get, like gets mired in sort of uh in betweeny bits and it sort of loses its uh loses its way a bit i think was that the one that's kind of like the uh, quirky earthboundy yeah it's quirky it's earthboundy it's quirky it's yeah. earthboundy it's pixelati yep it's it's where you're where you play as a quiet hairy bearded man escorting a little mm. girl in a jumper gotcha gotcha it's one of those um. I, I haven't played either one. I have a few guys bought on sale on my Switch. I heard it's pretty good. It's like a, a JRPG slash strategy game, uh, but there is some time management stuff because you control this giant like tank, and and I believe you're a bunch of critters, and you have like relationships with your fellow critters, but they are each like doing stuff in the tank, and so the tank's kind of like your home base, and you have relationships with the people in the tank, and you're going to do tank stuff. Okay, then. there you go. Tank stuff. Love tank stuff. Sure, why not? Seven 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 give us five US dollars to say. Do either of you have sandwich game from the past year? One that eggs you on, cheeses you off, and butters your bread. Is this a thing? What are you on about? I like it. What are you on about? Sure, why not? Seven seven. Are you asking in some very oblique way what sandwich we like? But they said game. So a game that eggs you on, cheeses you off, and butters your bread? Would that all be like the same game? Like a game that's frustrating, oh, but I we see. still love oh, it? Oh, okay. So he's asking what game we like using the word sandwich as an adjective. Yeah. So I guess a game that would egg you on is a game that is like tough, but you keep coming back to. Same thing, cheeses you off. This almost seems like a Souls-like kind of thing. Can, like I, can I be honest? I'd rather just tell you my favorite sandwich. I would like to hear uh, I like a sourdough loaf with uh, some ex extra sharp cheddar, a slice of ham, and a bit of HP sauce on the ham. That sounds lovely. We don't have ham. I prefer it with Branston pickle. What's Branston pickle? It's a sort of English chutney made of onions oh. and various other ingredients. That sounds great. That, and, sounds, that and yes. sounds like a wonderful little sandwich. And uh, once you put your cheese on the ham and put a little bit of uh, relish on there, just stick it in the microwave for like 20 seconds. Just about to say, I was about to ask if you like hot sandwiches, little toasties. Yeah, yeah just a little... Yeah, just get a little melty. Yeah. A yeah. little like budget grilled cheese if you can't be bothered no. doing a full-on grilled cheese. Oh, that sounds wonderful. 
Deviant Rabbits gives $10 to say, What are your thoughts on the upcoming title, Callisto Protocol, the rebranded remake of Dead Space made by the same people? Oh, one of those, is it? One yeah. of those, Mighty Number no. Nines, <laughs> Bloodstained Ritual of the Nights. Yeah, back ukule blood. Ukuleles. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have the rights anymore. Here's our new IP, wink, wink, sorts of games. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a bunch of the uh, uh, leads and folks from uh, former Visceral who are working on this. And this was the game that's like... It is very much like Dead Space, but it's like set in the PUBG universe, which I didn't realize uh, that yeah. game had a universe. Um, but then they're also making a Dead Space remake. Just EA proper is making it. So, well, yeah. Of, I would like one of them to be good. Bit of dueling nice. survival horrors, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Maybe come out around the same time. We could have like a, a we could have a proper fight. Yeah, like Deep Impact and Armageddon or Ants yeah. and a Bug's Life. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I, I certainly do. Or Infamous and Prototype. Remember that? The superhero sandbox oh, square off? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To bring things back to video games. Haven't had one of those in a while. Sort of similar game square offs, which are usually the result of one studio spying on another and trying to hash out something very similar to compete. Mm hmm. Anyway. Uh, I'm not Greg Graffin gives 499 euro to say that disappointment quote is from Sylvia Plath, not just Spider Man. I think Sylvia Plath stole it from Spider-Man No Way Home. I think she saw Spider-Man No Way Home this weekend um, and then went home and wrote that quote. Or maybe they both stole it from me. Maybe I, <laughs> and maybe I stole it from Jonathan Swift or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe, uh, I, I think, even in the movie, I think the character who says it might uh, say it's a Sylvia Plath quote. But S I, was just, I, was just wanted, I just wanted to see the goblins. Hmm. SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros to say, I look forward to Forbidden West coming out on PC. Hell, you might be looking forward to that for a very long time, SVS Guru 2000. <laughs> Zero Dawn was nigh unplayable on a controller. I don't think that's true. Uh, I guess people prefer mouse aiming when they have to accurately shoot at dinosaur parts. I feel like mouse aiming in a third-person third game is kind of weird for me. I'm also just very used to controllers, so I think using a mouse and keyboard for anything is hard for me. So. Yeah, I go back and forth. I use mouse and keyboard for first-person games usually. Yeah. And controllers for third-person. I feel like they should just, someone should just let you plug in a mouse and keyboard to your PlayStation and let you play like that. There you go, problem they, solved. They, they used to make, like, mouses and keyboards for consoles. I think the Dreamcast had something like that. Yeah, if it has a USB, I should just be able to plug in my USB thing. It's fine. Would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I don't imagine that the New Horizon is coming to PC anytime the next year or two, considering that the first one just came recently. Peter Dempsey gives five euro to say, just finished existentially challenged. It was really good. I'm glad you thought so, Peter Dempsey. You know, a good way to express your gratitude will be to just give a little review, give a little five-star rating on Audible and Amazon, and, you know, give, give a little, uh, toss a little breadcrumb to the algorithm. There you go. The almighty algo. I do regularly check to see if there are new reviews and occasionally go away disappointed. <laughs> so try to imagine the sad look on my face and uh, when people don't do their part and participate in the algorithm. Hey, it's the world we live in now. Might as well try to accept it. There you go. Uh, Michael Eller <laughs> gives $5 to say, now I want Marty to say mine. Now I want Marty to say my name. You'll hear from me again upon Jack's return. Also, Merry Christmas. Take Michael Eller. Take it away, Marty's Michael V. Eller. I would say your middle name. I don't know what your middle name is. You're probably like a Christopher. You're like a... Michael Christopher Eller. 
doesn't really yeah. scan for me. No. Well, what, what's what's better, My, Robert Michael Postlethwaite Ella? Postlethwaite. Yes. I know there's an actor named Pete Postlethwaite. Yeah. That's the only time I've ever heard that name. Yeah. It's a it's a good name. It is a great name. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much, Michael Eller. And if you uh, want to hear it again on Jack's return, uh, it should be Jack and I next week for the last one of the year. You're welcome, Michael Postlethwaite Eller. Abilash Postlethwaite Dio gives 40 Indian rupees to say booby booby bum bum. Show and tell podcast. Which is referencing some old stuff I did. Let's just move on, Boulder's Brass. <laughs> Joseph Stanley gives two US dollars to say, what is your favorite flavor of crisp? Thanks for the question, Joseph Stanley. I would have to say salt and vinegar. I'm literally going to say the same thing. Big fan of salt and vinegar. Yes. Yeah. Best thing about salt and vinegar is that uh, the babies don't like them. So I'm eating my Ooh, crisps in the house sure. and the baby comes up and goes, I want. So I go, I don't think you'll like it. It's salt and vinegar. And then they and then they take the salt and vinegar crisp and then they eat it and sort of like stubbornly eat the whole thing, but with that look on their face, like they feel betrayed and and uh, full of hatred for themselves. Did you know that's those... a, that's that's pretty smart? Yeah, yeah. You know those kids? They uh, they can be stubborn. And like I say, I well, uh, if if a kid has decided they like something that you eat. They are determined to prove it, no matter how much the evidence of their face. Well, it's a good thing you don't have uh, you don't have any other children coming. So, there you go. That would only expound that problem. <sighs> also, looking at chat, I believe we might have missed a few. They they were the uh, membership ones because yeah. I think they don't they don't show up on your thing. So, yeah, yeah. going over the ones I see really quick. Uh, Henry Wyatt uh, asked, "Are you excited for Burnhouse Lake?" No, because I've never heard of it. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't, I don't even know what Burnhouse Lake is. Also, stop asking me if I'm excited for anything, because my answer will always be no. I think, um, you should, think you should have learned that by now, listeners. Also, when I googled Burnhouse Lake, it just uh, sent me to an actual lake called Burnside Lake, so I'm hmm. definitely not excited for it now. Uh, Renworth just said Milestone Chat. Appreciate that. Okay. And that's as far back as my chat goes, so I apologize to any others we missed earlier. Oh, well. Take it away. Aha. Uh -huh. Retro Gaming Fool gives uh, 20 Canadian dollars to say, Yahtzee, what's a game franchise you'd like handed over to you so you could helm the next entry? Um, I would like to be given the next... I don't know. I don't fucking know how to make a AAA game. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> and, if, you know, I, I don't really want to work in, like, established IPs. I'm more interested in new IPs. I want to make new things. I guess, I, I feel I guess I'd like uh, uh, pick a franchise that's really kind of loose with it, what you need to do with each one. Okay. Like, like Silent Hill. Silent Hill doesn't need continuity, does it? You can just, make, you a, you just make a brand new Silent Hill with a whole brand new plot and new characters. That could absolutely work, and it's not, and it's like a franchise that you're not excited for the next one because they keep fumbling it. So yeah, it's like I, I wouldn't want to take Zelda because I don't want, I want, I don't want to mess up a series I really like. Whereas I, I want to do something that's dormant. Hmm. Yeah, but I've what already sort of, I've already sort of come. What to if you did the next NBA game, NBA Two K Twenty Three? 
Could I put my own spin on it? Does it have you can to do be whatever a, you want with it? Does it have to be a basketball game? I don't, it just has to be called NBA 2K. There has okay. to be a basketball somewhere in the game. Okay. As long as there is a basketball, you're fine. Like a sort of deconstructionist Undertale style RPG about I like this. a basketball player, and I'll call it you, Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. You can only you can only uh, unlock the true ending if you miss every shot you take. There you go. Yeah. Um. Uh, John Boylan gives five euro to say, you know the way some magazines have a crossword stroke anagrams page. Any chance of the escapist ever featuring such a thing? Also, Adventure is Nigh is the tops. Almost certainly not, John Boylan. Yeah, you can't, I just think there's no way to make money off that. <laughs> you can't use your pen to fill in all the boxes on your computer screen. Well, you can, yeah. but it's kind of transient. Yeah. There is uh, uh, Chris Remo, a game developer who uh, worked on uh, Firewatch, like did the soundtrack for Firewatch and worked on Firewatch as well as Half-Life Alex. Uh, has just a cro uh, crossword puzzle YouTube channel now. He just does a crossword puzzle every morning. And just kind of like hangs out yeah. and does the puzzle and yeah. Great. Well, I do the New York Times puzzle most days. I could do that. There you go. There you go. You, can have, you just, can have dueling dueling streams. I just couldn't imagine it would be that interesting. I think he finds like a, a small but very fervent uh, uh, fan base. Maybe it's like the Truman Show. People just like to have it on when they're having their coffee in the morning, just to feel like yeah. they have a friend. Yeah, exactly. And he's a very uh, soft-spoken, smart, funny guy. So, yeah. People put weirder things on in the morning. And the last one is from Uber Super Sloth, who gives four five four forty nine British pounds to say, "Are you excited for the inevitable sweet release of death that creeps closer and closer with every passing day?" You know it, Uber Super Sloth. <laughs> That'll be my most anticipated game. Yeah, that's been that's been my most anticipated at the Game Awards several years running. So yeah. um, I'm excited for that one to finally stealth drop. One, that's the that's the thing. That game will eventually release just day and date like you won't know it and certainly I'm, they'll say it it's out now certainly i'm looking forward to the game awards sweet release of death <laughs> i think they just released the numbers and like 65 million people watched it so that's probably not going to happen anytime soon <sighs> where are these 65 million people they can't all be doing it ironically uh well three of them were uh nick casey and i so that's yeah they're probably all just doing their own snarky stream of it it's <laughs> two thirds of the people are just hosting streams. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that'll be it. So thanks for listening to Slightly Something Else, the my last Slightly Something Else of the year. So I will just say Merry mm -hmm. Christmas and a Happy New Year to all our listeners, unless you're watching the VOD some ways down the line, in which case I hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year mm -hmm. and none of your uh, close relatives died. Uh, that's yeah. Oh, what a wonderful thing to wish for. Yeah, they might COVID yeah. and all that. Yeah, just oh, watch, watch out at your family get-togethers. Make sure everyone's yeah. vaccinated. Yeah, don't, don't go to any parties with Fox News viewers. Nope, that should just be standard. Yeah. So uh, you haven't seen the last of me though, because I will be back tomorrow for zero punctuation and the post CP stream, which will be a stream of Halo Infinite, and I very much expect Nick will be wanting in on that. But so yeah, so, he's feeling a little under the weather today, but I think he'll he'll be he'll oh, he'll find oh. the courage tomorrow. Oh, that's a shame. But well, you know what yeah. would make him feel better? A stream of Halo Infinite. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be at our uh, at the normal Z post CP time at uh, three PM Central, one PM Pacific. Uh, earlier on in the day. Ooh, sorry. Uh, go on. 
Oh, I was going to say earlier on in the day, uh, we're doing a live episode of Breakout at noon central, uh, uh, 10 Pacific, and we're going to have uh, Gareth Coker, the uh, composer who did the score for Halo Infinite, as well as the uh, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest and Ori in the Will of the Wisps on. Oh, we're going to be talking a little bit about making music for those games as well as our favorite games of the year. So, oh, check out that. Blimey. Well, that sounds well worth tuning into. And mm. don't forget, yes, thank you, Scavenger. I was getting to it. Don't forget, new extra punctuation this Thursday and a new episode of Adventure is Nigh. Well, new extra punctuation on YouTube on Thursday. Mm. And a brand new episode of Adventure is Nigh will drop on the site and uh, on YouTube for YouTube members, of course. It will be the penultimate episode of Adventures Now, I believe, of the Jade Homunculus campaign, in which we continue to close in on the Jade Homunculus and the dastardly thieves who took it from us before we could dastardly steal it. Oh, and I hope you guys do well. And here's Toffee. I was going to say, there's, there's no way you could finish the year without a, with a little, little pre-Christmas toffee. Don't look at me, look at that. That's the audience. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope I get a new tartan sweater. Oh, what's wrong <laughs> with your old one, Toffee? It smells of wee. Well, it certainly does. <laughs> Well, I guess I, I should probably piss off. Uh, wonderful. I'm Yadza Gershaw. I was joined by Matty Sleever. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for hanging out. It, it, it was wonderful. Please follow us all on Twitter and follow mm -hmm. the Escapist generally on escapismagazine.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye.